Ladies and gents, welcome back to the channel today. And I just wanna say another big thank you to everyone who enrolled in my course yesterday. Thank you so much and you will not regret it. Now, I wanted to pick up today on two of the things that I were talking about uh, yesterday, I sort of wrapped up with this yesterday. I think it took a few people by surprise because I had a lot of comments and people saying, what do you mean? And even funny enough, I've just been in the supermarket today and I was speaking to several people because every time I go, people spot me and say, hey, and they want to chat and stuff. But there was one guy today who stopped me and said, what did you mean when you said on your video last night that there's going to be a food catastrophe, uh, famine, crisis, whatever you want to say, in 2023 or 2024. And he said, I've never even heard of this because he's only been watching my channel for a couple of weeks. One of his friends sent my video to him and he says, I haven't heard anything about this. Can you explain about it? So I was explaining to him, I was talking to him five or 10 minutes, just explaining all the things about food at the moment and how we're gonna move into this crisis, period. And one of the things I'm noticing at the moment is that when I'm explaining this to people, people tend to be very surprised by it. They tend to be shocked. And I'll get the same sort of responses such as, well, Neil, I was in the supermarket earlier and the shelves were full, they were packed. And this is just it. And the other one that people keep saying is, Neil, you mentioned about meat and meat production. Well, I was in the, the supermarket, I was in the butchers, I was in here, and there's loads of meat. There's, there's you know just tons of meat everywhere. So I wanna dig into a couple of these things today, and I wanna talk about some more, the, some of the more nefarious things going on, including debt to the IMF and what's happening with a lot of countries and how this is spiraling out of control. So I'm gonna sort of link into all of this and I'll loop back. Now, just before I let rip with all of this on, on food and why I think it's all occurring, you probably got the question, what was the second thing then that you talked about? I'm gonna talk about that in a future video and that is about social unrest and my predictions or forecast around how I think that's gonna play out this year, definitely. So 2022, 2023 and 2024. And we're already seeing a lot of this already. We're already seeing a lot of social unrest in huge amounts of countries. We're not necessarily necessarily seeing it as much in the West right now, but it will start to emerge in the West as well. And if you think about it historically, back in 2008 period, we had more than 40 different countries that saw riots and social unrest as a result of food scarcity. I think that's probably the best word to use here. It was food scarcity. And already now, I mean, we're not even in the, the eye of the storm in terms of the financial crisis that's about to hit us. This is coming once we go into early 2023. Although, as I've said, we've been in a recession all year already. It's just a matter of time. You can kick the can down the road for so long, but this is how an economy works. It's a, I guess we can say self-regulating organism. I don't know if that's the right word. Ecosystem might be a better word here. So that is what the economy is. You can keep doing all this stuff, money printing, oh, let's change rates, oh, let's do this, oh, let's give this to these people, give that to those people, let's take away from here, give out. You can do all of this for a long time, but it isn't gonna change the inevitable outcome that is gonna hit, which is gonna be 
a massive financial crisis. And I think it could even be worse than 2008. It's looking that way at the moment, but there are a lot of other things, a lot of other variables, and you've had a lot of household net worth and wealth built up over the last two years with homeowners. You've seen a lot in the equity markets. So there's a lot that I'm not going to go into on this video. I'll cover that in the future. But there is a lot going on which could affect things either way. But I definitely think we're going to have a major financial crisis. It's just a matter of time. But getting back to the food aspect then, we're already seeing, if you remember that forecast, I mean, this is a long time ago now, the forecast I made, all of those countries that would start to ban food exports. And then within two days, India did that, which was one of them on the list. And now we've got around 20 countries, roughly, who haven't got complete bans on food exports, but they've definitely got restrictions. And there are bans in some countries on food exports. But I really wanted to get into the crux. And usually I'll leave this until later on in the video, but I want to get into the crux of what's going on right at the start of the video here, right off the bat, because it's the same thing whoever I speak to, whether I'm consulting, whether I'm coaching, whether I'm mentoring, uh, whether I'm speaking to someone in the supermarket. It's the same question that keeps on coming up. Or even worse, it's the arrogance of people who think they know what is causing the food crisis when it's not. They're so confident because they've heard on some biased media outlet that the food crisis is caused by Russia or the food crisis is caused by selfish, rich Western people who use too much energy or, you know, there's all these different reasons that are coming out now. I even heard one the other day and that's racism. Racism is the cause of the food crisis, right? There's like, there's all these things that keep coming out, but I want to get to the, the bottom of what it is that is actually causing this food crisis. So if you listen to the mainstream media, they'll tell you it's coming from one place and pretty much one place only, and that's Russia uh, invading Ukraine because Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. Now, that's not strictly true. And again, I won't even get into the rail cars and the restrictions and the mining of the ports that were done by NATO and everything. Now, I'm not even going to get into all of that because we're going to get into a very heated debate over who thinks what. So I'm not going to get into that. What I am going to say is that Ukraine does not feed the entire world. Okay, let's just, I mean, this is common sense. They do not feed the entire world. Yes, they output a lot of wheat, but it isn't the entire world's worth of wheat. So the impact of that is, yes, it does hit supply and demand. There's no doubt about it. Food prices are going up as a result of supply and demand. But it's not just that. You've then got to, and one of the things I always do is I want to break it down and keep going backwards, backwards, backwards until I get to the source of something. So what, what is this problem? Where's the supply and demand issue coming from? Well, a lot of it is the drought. A lot of it is the excess heat. A lot of it is the flooding. So we've got these things as well. But it's not just that. It actually goes back before that. And again, everyone's saying, well, it's due to global warming, which has now been replaced by climate change because the heat reports that were put out didn't actually reflect what they said five or 10 years ago, what the temperatures would be. And let's not even get into the ice caps, which were supposed to have melted by now. And well, you know what's happened to the ice caps, right? I'm not even going to get into all of that because again, we'll get into a massive debate. So let's just stick to some facts here that I think we can all agree with. 
what is causing a lot of these price spikes? Well, you've got to take it right back to the start. And what do I say is the start of all things, it's energy. Now, before we even go to the base level and look at energy, what produces food? What grows food? Well, it is fertilizer, but it's not just fertilizer, it's sowing the seed. So you have diesel that goes into that. They don't run on solar panels, these combine harvesters when they harvest or the tractors when they're planting and things. So you need diesel. Well, what has gone up in price dramatically? It's diesel, it's fuels. Fertilizer has gone up dramatically. Why? Because you need energy to create fertilizer. So it's a lot of natural gas, very heavy natural gas. What has gone up in price dramatically? It's natural gas. Now, I'm going to go off on a tangent here because, again, people are misinformed. Why are energy prices going up so much? Is it just because of a, a, a war in Ukraine? Absolutely not. It's because of these restrictions, ESG, environmental social governance mandates, put out onto countries for reducing energy output. So they are deliberately restricting investment into fossil fuels. What the institutions are doing is uh, working through and developing those decarbonization plans. And it won't surprise you that that means engaging with the people they invest in uh, or lend to for their own plans. This is about real world decarbonization. Is there's this whole new thing of a client transition plan, a whole new ask. So this year we published in February, our targets for oil and gas and power and utility sectors. But straight away when we publish those, we have an ask out now to our largest clients in those sectors, over hundreds, to say, we need your transition plan by the end of the year. What is your strategy to adjust your business model if you're in oil and gas to a, a future where you actually have, you know, no longer growth in oil demand, but decline, term, you know, a decline in oil demand over the decades to come? This year we're working, we're going to be working very hard on how do we update oil and gas? How do we think about the IEA's recommendations around no new oil and gas reserves? Now, if you continue to do that, and wells dry up and all the other things, you eventually have less fossil fuels. And by the way, they're not even made of fossils, uh, so I don't even like that word, but this, alas, is the illusion that we're all under. So where have we ended up with them? We've ended up with starting here as to, oh, food prices have gone up because of a war in Ukraine, right down to actually, no, there's all these things in the middle. I didn't even mention transportation as well. So you need trucks to transport food. You then need to do everything at the packaging center. You then need to transport it to the next place and then to the supermarket and all these other things. Remember decades and decades or a century ago, it was you went out into your garden, you picked your carrots or your potatoes or what, whatever vegetables you're growing. You walked into your kitchen, you washed it off or whatever you're going to do, and then you cut it up and you put it in the pot. That is how you used to do it. Now, it isn't quite done like that. And actually, one of the recommendations I would say to all of you, every single one of you watching, and I know some of you live in apartments and you, you, know, you can't grow anything uh, like that, but if you have a small garden, why not try growing some vegetables? I did it for the first time ever this year and with very mixed results. Some of my veg did very, very well and I was very surprised by the fact that even today, I'm still pulling it out of the, the garden and eating it. I mean, I've got, I grew so much veg that I even surprised myself. But then some of my other veg just didn't even work or I had birds or slugs and you know all this if you're a grower 
just ate the rest of my veg. So it was a great lesson for me. And I would highly recommend you all do the same if you can. Even growing stuff in pots, I did some of it in pots. Uh, great results, worked out really well. And that's uh, and the next thing is, you're probably wondering why I've got this. This is risotto rice actually on the table here, which is good for three years this will last for. And actually that's just the best before date. I'm sure it'll last a lot longer. Well, before all the inflation hit, I made that those videos and there's a playlist on my channel as well, all about food and how to stock up and whatever else. I said, stock up now before the inflation hits and before this crisis comes in. And like many videos I make, it hit, had a lot of criticism and the like, but who cares? The bottom line is I'm doing this so that you actually prepare yourself and you've got some food, you've got your long life grains, you've got rice and wheat if you can eat these things like wheat some people can't but is having all these uh, food preps so that you don't suffer when all of this kicks off because this i think is going to be one of the triggers towards social unrest i was actually watching a tv show just um, a couple of nights ago now fantastic i usually don't like tv and movies because they're so woke these days but this was a really nice tv show nice family values there wasn't any craziness in there and one of the scenes was about these miners and they just went absolute on the rampage They're really nice people one day and then a couple of days later they just went on the rampage because they were hungry and this tends to be what you see that results in the social unrest. It is this, this tipping point, I think we can say, is when you tip between people who can afford food and then people who can no longer afford food. You see, losing your Netflix and some of these other things I don't have, by the way, but losing these sort of things, people can stomach that. They're not going to go out in the streets and riot. But when people get hungry and they've got empty bellies and their kids have got empty bellies, this is when people start to lose it. And I think this is why on Friday I mentioned Germany putting troops on the street from the 1st of October. I think this is one of the reasons why they are going to be doing that, because they probably know what's coming. Now, if you think about this logically on a, on a timeline, everyone, these world leaders, uh, the United Nations, WEF and everyone else, obviously they knew that this food crisis was coming and they knew this this weather-based problem as well, so flooding and drought, climate change, they knew that this was coming. And I find it very hard to believe that all the events that we are seeing, going right back to 2020 to now, leading up to this, I find it very hard to believe that all of these things, because we, what are we up to now? 25 extreme events now, maybe even more than that. I find it very hard to believe that all of this is just one huge coincidence. I would love to actually crunch the statistics on this to see what the odds are of all of these events all at the same time being a coincidence because I think the odds would be pretty long and that's worrying as well. Uh, knowing what we know and what we've covered on the channel before about a lot of these things. But I just want to give you a few statistics and I was writing some notes just before I came to record this video and I wanted to just go over a couple of these notes now then. So firstly, the price of some fertilizers have tripled since 2021 and some other fertilizers have quadrupled. Obviously, this is going to go into food costs and make food more expensive. We also have the destruction of farmland, which we've covered so many times on the channel. 
And it's happening very heavily in the Netherlands. And I was thinking about this, and this is an interesting one for you. And I wanted to give you an example like I always try to, even though people come up with better examples, they put it in the comments. Actually, I liked your example, Neil, but here's a better one. So I'm sure you'll come up with a better example now. This was just two minutes off the top of my head. Right, so we're seeing that the government is trying to get farmers off their land for whatever reason, but it's we know the reason, it's CO2 reduction and methane reduction and things like that. And they wanna replace that farmland. There's this there's talk, and I'm gonna cover this because it's a publication by the WEF. There's a report, they wanna create this super city in that, in that region. Again, I haven't spent hours reading this report yet, so I need to look into it more. But I've seen the brief of it. They want to create this super city in that region. So they need a lot of this farmland. Now, one of the things they say is that they need to make the farming more efficient. And I thought of this, and then I'll give you the example. That makes no sense at all. The Netherlands, the Dutch, are some of the best, most efficient farmers on the planet. They are the second largest exporter of food on the planet. And it's just a small country. And I've been to Netherlands multiple times. You go past these huge greenhouses everywhere or what you might call glass houses in your country. And then you have these little waterways all, all around all the fields. If you're Dutch and you, or you've been there, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's hard to describe. And it's fascinating, the engineering that was done to actually create some of the cities that exist in the Netherlands by draining off the water and all this other stuff. It's, it's genius. So they want to replace these farmers, these geniuses, with who? That's what I was thinking. So here's my example. Imagine that you were head of the Olympic team, for whatever sport you want to say, for your country. So you are the head coach um, and you've got this fantastic team. And then someone said to you, hey coach, you need to get rid of all of these athletes, the ones that you've been training for the last however many years. And by the way, with farmers, this is centuries, but with these athletes, let's just say it's however many years. And you say, well, well, what am I gonna replace them with? Oh, we're gonna bring someone else in and we're gonna replace those athletes with better athletes. W wouldn't you go, wait, what the heck is this guy talking about? Has he been smoking something? These are the best athletes that we have found in the country. How can we get rid of them all and bring someone else in? It makes no sense. What I always do is just look at all of this with logic because when you look at it with logic, you'll see that a lot of this stuff doesn't make any sense. What else have we got then? The WHO, who, whether you trust them or not, is telling us that millions of people in Africa are now facing the very real possibility of starving to death. According to the World Food Programme, 828 million people around the world are going to bed hungry tonight. The UN Secretary General stated he believes that there will be multiple famines in 2023, resulting in the deaths of millions. In fact, he says tens of millions of people. Pakistan has just lost 80 to 90% of their food. The USA is in the worst drought, mega drought, in over 1,200 years years. And honestly, I could go on and on and on. I've got pages of all of this, but I just want to give you something very simple to think about. If you still are a non-believer about this food crisis, let me ask you this, and I'll, I'll make it very straightforward. Let's say that you have, I don't know, a store of this stuff and you eat this a lot and you've got it in your pantry, your cupboard, wherever you keep it. 
And this year, you eat through what you have. But because there's a drought or there's flooding in your garden where you are, you can't grow more of this. So that's it. You just run through what you've got and you need to buy some more for next year from someone else. Well, what if everyone is in a similar situation? What if everyone around the world has seen a drop in their farming output this year? What if it happened last year as well and the year before? And then what happens if we have more flooding, more drought, and we have more problems next year? Where are you going to get this from? The food that you, let's say, normally grow yourself in your garden. And if you think about that, that will probably help you to understand what's actually going on in the world right now. Now, I want to loop back to something that I said at the start, which was that people were saying, Neil, the meat isn't expensive. There's loads of meat and things like that. Well, the reason why is because all of the farmers, well, not all, but a lot of farmers have been taking huge amount of their cattle and their livestock to slaughter because of the droughts and because of other things. So they've been actually thinning out their herd. And I've got some statistics here. The total number of cattle in New Mexico, Oregon and Texas are down 45% this year. Now you think about that, that is a large cut in livestock, especially cattle. So when you think of the supply and demand curve, what is that going to do to meat prices? Obviously, it's going to bring the price of meat down, but later on or next year, the prices are going to be a lot higher. Now, in other countries as well, there's been huge crop losses. Italy is reporting that they've lost as much as 80% of their crops. Germany has said as high as 50% of their crops. The UK this year said they've lost as high as 50% of their crops. And what do all of these countries think the solution is? Getting IMF loans. And this is the absurdity of it and why I think there's something deeper going on. I really wanted to get into it in this video, but I've run out of time now. So I'm going to cover that again in the near future. But let me give you a clue or a hint. And that is if you look at the balance sheet of the IMF, which is going up and up and up, and you look at the amount of countries that are now in debt to the IMF, which is going up and up and up, and you look at what the IMF then insists that those countries do, and you can go back a long period of time and see what they've enforced onto other countries, it's pretty obvious to me what is going on here. As the old expression goes, never let a good crisis go to waste. And I think that is exactly what's happening right now. And I think it's very, very, very sad. And it really bothers me, which is why I try not to think about it. But when I think about all the families around the world who are suffering so badly right now, when there's people starving to death, even children and babies, which is why I don't want to think about it, because it's horrific. And then you look at all of these mandates to reduce farming and food production. And it's obvious what's going to happen. You cannot reduce food production when part of the world is starving. It's, it's very sad, but I think I'm going to leave it there today. Thank you so much for watching this video, for supporting the channel. And just a reminder, my course, my finance course is now live and you will be able to find that in the description below. So thank you so much. Uh, take care. God bless. I will see you tomorrow for the walk and talk.